Hey guys, what's up? This is Ryan White on Happy Hour with Ryan, bringing you episode number 13. Um, I do want to kick off uh, my show um, and and state we did have a passing in our community. Uh, One of my friends uh, lost his mom. Uh, You probably may have seen the article online. KRK did an article on it. Terry Thone lost her uh, battle with uh, COVID-19 last Friday, about 7.05. I saw a photo online of a friend of mine, his brother posted from a rehearsal, if I'm not mistaken. And, um, you know, I was like, oh, I hope she hasn't passed away. And so I text uh, my friend Marcus and he and and he said, yeah, she passed away about 7:05 tonight. She lost her battle with COVID. Um, That's probably the first person that I've known that has died from coronavirus. I've, I spoke with many people on the phone daily who've had, who have loved ones that they've lost, but not quite hitting this close to home. Um, and just a, a sweet person, um, educator for over 30 years and had just recently retired, found out, taught uh, second grade. And uh, man, that just sucks. And wish I could have gone to check up on her and see her. Uh, Conway, as we know, less than 22 miles from Little Rock. But, um, you know, they're not letting anybody, not even, I don't think, family see uh, any loved ones in the hospital. So it really sucks. But uh, thoughts and prayers going out to the uh, Ains and Thone family um, during this difficult time. Also, I wanted to address uh, recently, um, the past week, uh, I guess about a week and a half or so ago, a um, five-year-old boy in North Carolina was shot to death, Cannon Hinton. And um, they did... um, they were able to apprehend who actually um, did the shooting. He was caught within 24 hours, uh, held without bond, charged with first-degree murder. Um, he was actually the neighbor um, of this family who lost their son, and he actually had dinner and drinks with the dad. So, you know, no, certainly no r- racially motivated, um, you know, calls there, anything like that. Um, but the thing that really got to me was, and I even, people that are on my friends list, um, there was one in particular who had did like a side-by-side photo of Cannon and George Floyd. And it just seemed like so repulsive, sickening, disturbing. It just really shouldn't have been done. And those type of things... Uh, definitely need to be taken off and uh, you know some people may need to lose their privileges you you know and it's just gotten so horrible how people are just plastering this and just using it as a game or for their own sickening way and it's it's just ridiculous and um, we know how the media is portraying stuff also but it's just despicable uh, for someone to stoop that low and and it's just for fun, you know, they're just posting the photo. And and, and what was really bad is uh, somebody had uh, 
posted on their social media they were glad this little kid died and it's just like wow that's is that really what our world has come to and also leading me into uh this next um i guess situation here so uh happy birthday shout out to my wife jennifer she's had a birthday yesterday happy birthday to her I uh, appreciate everybody that, that came out amidst the pandemic. Um, I know some people were afraid, but definitely shout out to all those that came out. But uh, the disgusting thing that happened, we were at the rail yard here in Little Rock. And we kind of caught the tail end, um, like didn't see initially what happened. But we were talking to the owner. And she kicked out three males. Apparently, one of them spouted out a derogatory word um, very offensive uh, definitely to the pride community uh, said the F word and she was talking to him and one of the guys just no respect he just knocks over one of the chairs and and I was just like wow like you know that, that just shows what kind of what kind of class do you have to first of all say offensive things like that and then you know just knocked over a chair just because you were getting kicked out for something you did it was your fault you know uh, being drunk or belligerent or whatever it is and that, that just again um wow just appalled at, 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 at what's going on in the world today but you know hopefully we just strive to do better uh as a community well i'll get to our guest for this week uh miss ally douglas comes to us from uh, the little rock area I've uh, known Allie for about six years. Uh, I've said it so many times. Uh, she's just one of the one of the great friends we have. Uh, call her like a sister uh, to us. Um, she's just always there when you when you need someone, even if it's like probably two or three in the morning. Uh, she literally do would do anything for anybody, and I think that's what we need to aspire to be great you know, people in this world willing to help someone. And it's just awesome that, you know, she's one of the the people that does great things in the community. And she's going to go into that on the podcast of what she's involved in, which I think is really awesome. And uh, I'll leave you with this before we bring Allie uh, on board here. Uh, Some people are friends, but others are really great allies. So uh, without further ado, Miss Allie Douglas is on deck this week on episode 13 of Happy Hour with Ryan. Allie. Hello, how are you? What's up? I'm fantastic. Seems like we just saw each other a couple of days ago. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I know, right? <laughs> yeah. Well, welcome aboard Happy Hour with Ryan. Glad you could join the show. Yes. Thank you. Yeah, I'm excited. Awesome. Yay, yay. So this is your first time podcasting? Yes, it okay. is. I've awesome. never been involved in one of these, so. Sweet, sweet. Yeah, so this is my maiden yes. voyage. <laughs> it is, it is. A journey, journey. Um, so did you see, uh, so you live in Benton or Bryant? I live actually in Alexander, so right outside of okay. Bryant. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I have to know um, who are you pulling for in the salt bowl, Benton or Bryant? I'm pulling for Bryant. That's my okay. alma mater. So, yes, so I graduated from there. I'm not going to say when, 
um, several years ago. Um, so yes, I'm pulling for Bryant for sure. And, um, I'm glad they're going to be able to host it, even though it's, you know, like everything this year is going to be a different kind of format and not as many yeah. people to actually be able to attend, but, um, I'm yeah. glad they're going to, they're, ho- they're going to host it. Yes. So when I was in mm-hmm. school, we had the salt bowl as well, but at the time, Brian and Bitten both were, um, mm-hmm. small enough as far as the schools were concerned that we would have the, the salt bowl game at one of the schools on the, like at the football field there. Yeah. I have to ask, yeah. where did the Salt Bowl name come from? I'm just curious. I'm not from up here, so I'm just kind of – I'm just like, where did they get the name? <laughs> kind of so, that is a good question, and I don't mm-hmm. remember the answer. <laughs> I, think, I think it's because um, – let me think. I know the – I've heard the, the, like, the reasoning behind it. Mm-hmm. But I can't mm-hmm. remember at all. So, because gotcha, gotcha. um, they're within like, is it like a few miles? I guess the schools. Yes. I guess the distance. Yeah, yeah. Because they're both in Saline County, right? Yes. Yeah. So they're okay. they're not necessarily within a few miles, but we've always mm-hmm. been rivals with okay. um, with Benton, and then Benton. You know, it's that's always been a big rivalry, and yeah. Also. Um, that's now I'm gonna have to go look up what the salt bowl, like where that name came from. So. Any of our listeners maybe can elaborate. Um, so <laughs> any, any any crazy things for, uh, come to memory, like as far as did you guys steal their mascot? You know, there's all types of robbery stuff you do. I know. Uh, yeah. So I know that. Um, I think the year that I was, uh graduating that our seniors went over and painted so the Benton is the or I think they still are the Panthers and I think um, I'm pretty sure somebody went over and painted the the Panther you know on on the at Benton on the school grounds there and um but I don't remember anything crazy happening as far as Bryant was concerned because we were the Hornets so We didn't really have anything on on campus necessarily that they could come and do, but I do remember the something getting painted at Benton um, uh-huh. blue. I think it was the Panther statue there that they painted blue. So, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But you have to remember this was a long time ago too. So I don't yeah. know what all yeah. the you know what what's happened since then. So. <laughs> Most definitely. Most definitely. So it's kind of getting your background. So uh, you grew up there. You're, you're from Little Rock. Uh, yes. how, how was life at home? Uh, you have uh, two sisters? Yes, I have two younger sisters. Okay, okay. And okay. Um, okay. I think probably six months after um, I started kindergarten, we actually moved to Alexander. So we used to live in really? Shannon Hills when I was growing up. Mm-hmm. Um and then, oh, it doesn't look anything like that now, does it? Because no. I know they're the subdivisions. Okay, yeah. yeah. Yeah, but where my family um has land and where I grew up is actually down. It was a dirt road for a long time, but now it's paved and uh-huh. part, of, right. yeah, part of the city stuff. Um, But it was uh growing up, it was my mom and dad's house and then my grandparents' right. house. And that was, and then we had a whole bunch of land. So we didn't. 
okay. necessarily have neighbors or live in a neighborhood or anything. So um, my dad uh, is an electrician and my mom, okay. while we were growing up, she mm-hmm. took uh, care of us. And then after mm-hmm. my baby sister started school, she's six years younger than I am. Uh, mom yeah, went sure. back to school, went back to college. And nice. yeah, nice. she went back to college. She was um, in her 30s and she uh, got her bachelor's degree and became a teacher and she taught for 12 years. So about that. she so she probably she taught like maybe a year and a half too longer than my mom because my mom did 10 and a half years. OK, so yeah. Yeah. So mom taught seventh grade math at Bryant um, and, and okay. she's a Bryant graduate as well. So that was okay. that was kind of neat. And. Um, so she taught all of our, a lot of our friend, like a lot of my sister's friends and she taught the year that my baby sister was, um, in the middle school there. So, mm-hmm. uh, and, and she loved teaching. Um, so, yeah. but she, uh, she had some health issues come up and she, she yeah. essentially had to retire. So, gotcha. but yeah, she Time was, yes. yeah, she was, she mm-hmm. was, um, involved at the school while we were growing up for sure so so you had to be on your best behavior kind of yes deal. <laughs> yes and my baby sister was not on her best behavior especially in middle school well she was but she got involved in a couple of scuffles and so Ooh. the kids would come up and you know say miss douglas miss mm-hmm. douglas my you know elaine is in the principal's office so then elaine mm-hmm. would have to go down there and see what was or you know mom would have to go see what was happening so were, but, were you ever in trouble or no anything, or? i was so scared no. to, to get in trouble yeah. my main yeah. goal in high school was not to get on anybody's bad list get beat mm-hmm. up anything like that <laughs> <laughs> there you go <laughs> so yeah. yeah so i never i never really i really none of us got in got into a lot of trouble growing up i think we were mm-hmm. too afraid of what would happen if we did so um (laughs) just with parents but yeah so we grew up back there and um Mm -hmm. had them you know had my only you know playmates were my sisters and Mm -hmm. so when uh I graduated from high school and went to school at ULR and lived at home um yeah 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 Euler alumni um and then when my middle sister, she's 18 months younger than I am, when she graduated from uh, Bryant from high school, she went to ASU in Jonesboro. Ooh, okay, yeah. so ventured out, wanted to get away from She home did. And actually, okay. I, I wanted to go to Jonesboro, but it never worked mm-hmm. out that way. It just worked out better for me to go to ULR. And uh, mm-hmm. and I right. still call it ULR because that's what it was when I was there. So, um, uh-huh. but uh but yeah, so I got to kind of live vicariously for her uh, when she went mm-hmm. to when she went to ASU and all that kind of stuff. But that was definitely a a life changer. I won't forget at the time, like when she left, we took her up there and came home. Mm-hmm. And um, by that time, I was already engaged to be married. And uh, oh wow, yeah, because I was a young 
young, young one. Um, I think we were talking about that Saturday, getting yeah. young, and it's like, <laughs> I yeah. wouldn't do it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If, if, if I knew then what I knew now, things would have been different. Exactly. I don't regret yeah. anything, but things would have been different. But I remember mm-hmm. coming home from up there, and uh, my my ex husband was like, "Why, why are you crying about this? Like, why are you so upset?" But I knew, you know, everything I knew was was starting to really change, and so, but yeah, she went to school there, and um, then came back back to Little Rock, and I just I went to UALR, and we just kept you know kept going along, so. So did you know what you and, and how was I get so you were just driving you didn't stay in the dorms obviously you you drove back and forth yep. uh, from home to yep. college okay uh, were you affiliated any organizations um, no. on campus or you just like classes and that's it yeah I really yeah. just did cl- well I was involved um, in the uh, can't think of what it's called now the Baptist student organization there. But um, Mm -hmm. I can't think of what they call it on campus. I know the name, but I can't think of it. Um, But I was involved in that some. But mostly I went to school, left, went to work, came home. That was kind of the the thing. So I was I was on campus a whole lot, obviously, because Mm -hmm. I was a full time student. But I I didn't live on campus and I wasn't Mm -hmm. part of a sorority, you know, anything like that. but just yes. you were like, yeah. like say, and did you, uh, you said you worked uh, do you have a full time part time job while you were going to school or? I had a part time job up until my junior well I guess junior year and it was I still mm-hmm. had a part time job but then I also worked in the um, language lab on campus because I got my one of my bachelor's degrees I got was in Spanish mm-hmm. And so Ooh, I worked in the okay. language lab. Okay. <laughs> yeah, but I, I didn't yeah. use it. So you know how that goes. You don't. Oh, use it I know you very well. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but um, I worked on campus, and then my senior year, I worked full time uh, while I was going to school. So, um, okay. But yeah, so I was I was on campus. I graduated in two thousand and four with. Uh, my bachelor's degree in Spanish and one in professional and technical writing. Um, And then in, no, I graduated in 2003. And then in 2004, I started working at UALR. So I would have been just coming on the yard then because yeah, fall 2003. Yeah. Yeah. I would have just been coming on campus. Yeah. Yeah, So I graduated in December of 2003. Mm -hmm. I was supposed to graduate in May, but Mm -hmm. I decided to, um, instead of having Spanish be my minor, I knew I only needed a certain amount of hours to for it to be my major, and I was like, "Well, why not?" And then I actually ended up going to going abroad and studying in Spain uh, for okay. that summer of two thousand three, mm-hmm. and then came mm-hmm. back and graduated in December. So, so I have to, I feel like I've asked before we get to the abroad, uh, so that's interesting. Yeah. I want to definitely want to tap into that source there. What's going on with UALR? Because I know the average student, or at least when I was going there, it was like 28. It, it, it seems like it's just not drawing in as what it used to. Can you yeah. describe your experience? Because it, and I can't imagine 
being younger than I was when I attended because it was fun at what we had there. Right. And over the years, it just seemed like like they tried to build, you know, the Coleman apartments. They started buying investment yeah. board to yeah. try to make it more yeah. uh, college experience. Yes. What is going? I've heard funding has been limited for some of the professors going. I mean, I've heard all kinds of stuff. Um, yeah. So UALR, like a lot of the schools, or from what I've heard too, UA Little Rock now, mm-hmm. but um, mm-hmm. like a lot of the schools from what I've heard, um, you know, everybody's kind of going through, uh, you know, financial difficulties and th- right. this was, you know, and it's not just, it's not just UA Little Rock, it's other universities as well. Um, I feel like mm-hmm. sometimes you have your ebb and flow as far as um, yeah. what what's happening in the world of, you know, of colleges and things. And um, mm-hmm. I really think that the, like you said, I really think the dynamic or the mm-hmm. um, the makeup of the college student has changed a lot here in Arkansas. Um, and I think there's more college student, more people that are going to school um, that are older. And so I really, I, I was there when they, um, when they built those, uh, the on-campus housing and everyone started, Mm -hmm. you know, they went through a time period where they were trying to require everyone to stay on campus. And then there was Mm -hmm. a, a huge pushback on that because of the fact that, you know, a lot of people like me, um, when I was in school, we lived, you know, within driving distance and it didn't really make sense for us to have to pay to live on campus and also have to pay for a meal plan or whatever. So, um, I think, I think they've really, they, so you, UA Little Rock is really, you know, like location wise is in mm-hmm. a very interesting location. It is. It um, is. It's yeah, grown up, you know, mm-hmm. it's grown up from, from what it was, you know, it originally right. was, um, it was originally like a community college. Mm-hmm. And, That's right. yeah. and so it's grown. And with that growing, they've wanted to try and keep a younger population of students, I think. And they're just realizing that that's not, I don't, I don't, I don't know if that's feasible or if it's hard to do and it's just Mm -hmm. things like that. So it happens at every university. You might not necessarily know it or hear about it a whole lot, Mm -hmm. but especially, you know, although Little Rock is the capital city, it's Mm -hmm. for those who live here, live in it or around it, you know, you you keep up with kind of you hear about this kind of stuff and especially if you are alumni you hear about you know things that are that are happening there or you know yeah. if it's in the news or whatever so um but i'm hoping like you know that's uh, like it's my alma mater i got bachelor's mm-hmm. degrees and a master degree from there and i worked there for over 10 yeah. years and so um I'm always rooting for them to do well because that's my alma mater. And you want your yeah. alma mater to do well. You know, you spend a lot of time there. Yeah. yeah. yeah so so I think that's a lot of um I think it's just, you know, kind of the way the way the world is right now, um, as far as who's going to school, who's not, um, you know, who's getting you know, master and doctorate degrees, who's not, you know, the makeup of the schools and things. And I really do think too, that um, 
when they built the East Dem High School on that campus, it changed things oh, a lot yeah. too. So that's yeah. kind of interesting thing they did there with younger yeah. students, and there's that temptation. You, you know, they're yeah. wanting to probably venture out. So yeah, yeah that was an interesting yeah. move as well. So yeah. uh, and then um, so you had abroad. How did that come uh, come about? Uh, studying abroad. Well, I studied abroad because of the fact that I was working on my Spanish degree. And so after I graduated, I needed, well, actually, after I graduated, I messed my knee up right before my sister's wedding and had to recuperate from that for six months. And then I needed a job. And um, I thought, well, I want to go, you know, why don't I see if I can get something at ULR? Because I had thought about the fact that I wanted to get my master's degree. And so I started working there in July of 2004 in the higher education department as an administrative mm-hmm. assistant. And um, so I helped um, students who want, were working on their master's and uh, doctorates in higher education and worked there for uh, about, I think I was there for about three years in that department. And in that, in the meantime, I transitioned over and worked in the provost office as well as one of the administrative assistants in the provost office. And then Mm -hmm. there was an opening for uh, the international student advisor at ULR in 2007. And that at the time that office reported to the provost office as well. And so I was offered the the chance to go and and learn the job and given um you know a, a time period to see how I liked it and how you know if I could do it and so I basically got thrown into working with international students but that was the best thing that could have really ever happened to me. Yeah, you met so. somebody that we have a mutual friend in common. Yes. <laughs> well, and I just I have so many friends that uh-huh. from it yeah, um yeah. so it it was definitely a a life-changing um decision that I didn't even know how much it was going to change my life until years yeah. later. Um, mm-hmm. so I, I loved working with the international students there and I worked, uh, with the international students there for over 10 years and, um, wow. yeah, so I, I got to see the population on the campus, uh, increase. I think when I started in that office, we had 300 international students. And when I left, we were at 800 and had more staff members and things. Um, and it just that working with the international students was one of the it, it still is one of the best memories I have. So, mm-hmm. yeah. And, and, and I didn't even know I was telling my mom. Yeah, I said, you know, there's quite a few international students. That's like a hot spot. Uh, there's yes. a lot. Like, I guess sports. I, I didn't realize that yes. I got to thinking, though, it bring. What would you say percentage wise? Um, probably. As far as like who who come for sports and things like that, I guess international. It, it, would you say a, like like maybe a twenty five percent? Yeah, I don't know, maybe that high, but 
I, it might not be that high now, but when I left, mm-hmm. it was, we had a lot of international students who would either come um, from another, you know, transfer from another university or right. come for their first, you know, come to study there for their first time mm-hmm. that were in the athletics department. We had a lot of students that were in the, um, uh, I'm trying to think what other department, in our, uh, like in the computer science and um, the Mm -hmm. sciences field that came to study there and um, Mm -hmm. uh, and also UALR offers a lot of degrees that a lot of people don't realize are offered at other aren't offered at other universities okay so that's why it helped and that's why there were a lot of international students and there still are Mm -hmm. a lot I'm, I'm not sure what the number is now but Mm-hmm. Um, the international student population at ULR during the time I was there and worked with them uh, was large because of the programs that we offered that, you know, they couldn't necessarily, there weren't that many schools that offered them. And um, a lot of the the students were, depending on where they came from, some, you know, several had government funding to come and study yeah. and, Mm-hmm. And ULR was one of the schools that would take that took those students. So, um, okay. but yes, there were always a lot of international students, and there still are because I see, you know, mm-hmm. them announcing who the new um, the new uh, members are joining athletics and everything. Students joining athletics, and there's still so a lot of international. I've seen you post yeah, about me it. too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That is awesome. yeah, yeah, I, yeah. It's, it means a lot to to see mm-hmm. that. Um, so, yeah. So, um, it's it was it was a lot of fun working there, and then I left there, and uh, I worked with international staff at UAMS for a couple of years doing their immigration, so they could come and work at UAMS and um that was a that was an eye-opening experience because it was not the student side and I learned about different immigration types and going from UALR where the student population was large of you say eye-opening experience um how did the UAMS job come up because 10 years did you want a change of scenery or just a, a job that a better job came up and opportunity or yeah so I was um ready I was just like it was kind of time for me to move on from UALR um I just you know I I loved working there but it was just kind of I feel like um or I've what I feel like what I've learned over the years Mm -hmm. um is that you just sometimes you get to a point where it's just time for you to keep moving on you know you've done what you can there you're proud of the work you've done and yeah. it's time to try something new. And so when the, the position opened at UAMS, mm-hmm. I thought, well, you know, I've never worked with um, the HR side of things as far as immigration was concerned. Right. So let me try it out. And so I, you know, applied for the job, interviewed and everything. And then I got the job and was so excited. Um, yep. So... I left there and went to UAMS and it was like a whole new world because mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. UAMS um, at UALR, you know, the student population is large and then the staff population is smaller. And yeah. it was like it flip flopped at UAMS. So this, 
the employee staff population is huge there since it's a college in a you know a, in a hospital and a, a right. learning institution and so um I was just like what in the world you know because I couldn't mm-hmm. believe the the number of students was so much smaller there right. and it makes sense now that I you know I did go on to work in the in the higher education side of UMS and I'll talk about that in a minute but yeah um mm-hmm. yeah so I just um I worked in immigration services and um, I, I liked it, but you know, it was a lot, a lot more, um, a lot less of interaction with international staff and, Mm -hmm. you know, and I just was one day I realized, you know, I'm just, I really miss working with students. I miss that interaction. I don't necessarily want to be um, like my my uh, at, attitude and my personality is not made to sit at a desk mm-hmm. and push paper all day. I need to gotcha. I can do all that kind of stuff, but I mm-hmm. I really want to be able to work with um, students and interact and, mm-hmm. you know, just interact with anyone with the community. So um so the position opened at the graduate school for their director of admissions and international, and then also taking care of the international students that were studying there. And right. I applied for it and, um, mm-hmm. in 2013 and, and joined, joined the ranks there. And it was the first time that I ever went into a job and they didn't have to train me a whole lot because it, I had nice. done that in the past. Mm -hmm. And it was one of those, like, what am I supposed to be doing? Because, you know, I I knew how to do everything, which was great. And so I actually, um, you know, came in and and continued to learn. And the college, Mm -hmm. that college and the way that UALR set up are so different. Yeah. But um, I came in and uh, was able to just build on what, you know, what I had learned in the past and, so able to improve processes and you know do more things to help students and things like that so I worked I worked there and uh, I loved it I love that too but you know you never know what's gonna happen and uh, yeah so and and then and then 2019 happened so and it was I, I now am in a whole different arena. So, <laughs> yeah. So, kind of talk to it. So, and you're working from home, right? Yes. So, I work from yeah. home. So, COVID didn't necessarily mess me up on working from home, but it did because mm-hmm. I would get out and go work at coffee shops. And now I can't do that. So, I don't like that part. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah. But, yeah. So, um, let's see. Six years ago, my nephew was diagnosed with a genetic disorder called neurofibromatosis. Um, It affects one in 3000 people. And um, he just had a spontaneous mutation in the the 17th chromosome um, Mm. of, uh, of his DNA. And that's what causes NF to happen. And um, there's a lot of different ways that NF can be, um, uh, diagnosed and identified and one of them is that the um, the the patient can have 
cafe au lait spots and they look like birthmarks and if they Mm -hmm. have six or more of those then um they it's it's just about promise that they have enough and my Mm. sister had my nephew at a doctor's appointment for a cold with his pediatrician and Mm-hmm. they were seeing someone different and the doctor raised his shirt up and said, have you ever heard of neurofibromatosis? Has anyone mm-hmm. ever said anything to you about these birthmarks that Will has? And uh, Ashley said, no, you know, and um, he said, well, I really think that Will has this, con- this con- you know, genetic disorder. And so they mm-hmm. went to you or to, Children's Hospital here in Little Rock, which Children's has a great, um, that's just a great hospital, and they have a great um, neurofibromatosis team there, so we're very fortunate to have doctors that are um, knowledgeable about the disorder here, especially here in Little Rock, and so Ashley went over there and took him, and he has 21 of the Cafe Olay spots, Um But it explained a lot of other things. I think he was in, let's see, it was six years ago. Mm -hmm. Six. So he was probably going into second grade. um, And he had been having some learning difficulties. And then as, you know, he was diagnosed and my sister and brother-in-law were tested to see if they were carriers of the disorder and they weren't. So he was a spontaneous, completely spontaneous mutation and um and it explained a lot of the you know things that were going on school-wise and the way that he reacted to things and um so I at the time was working at in at UAMS and HR Immigration Services and Uh it was just if you go out and look on on Google for Uh neurofibromatosis it, it paints a very dim picture and oh, wow. my sister, you know, there's, there's just a lot of unknowns. There's no cure. Um, yeah. and you know, at this time and, uh, so my sister and brother-in-law and fa- my whole family, since we're very close, we were all, you know, in shock and not, you know, it was just, it was just very shocking and it was a hard time. And so I decided to get involved, um, or that I had to figure out a way or Mm -hmm. people in Arkansas to connect my sister to when she got ready to want to talk about the fact that Will had this condition. And so I luckily, um, my boss in HR immigration services knew the lady who had ran the Arkansas chapter, um, Mm -hmm. of, of children's tumor foundation. And so I got in touch with her and volunteered at their big fundraising event that they have here, which is coming up in about four weeks. It's called dancing Yay. with our stars. And Yay, uh, yeah. yeah, started volunteering and getting to know the other uh, families here in um, Arkansas. And slowly my sister was involved and um, in 2018, after our event, uh, I was offered I had a job offer to work for them as a special events manager. So I joined Children's Tumor Foundation as special events manager in 2019 last year. And uh, Mm -hmm. it was, it was scary. It was very scary making that change at, I will tell my age at that time I was, um, you know, 39 years old, 
mm-hmm. trying to figure out what I was going to do. And uh, it yeah. was scary to make that change, but I was like, well, there's no time like the present to try this mm-hmm. out. And if I don't like it, then I can figure out something else, but I love it. And so I, I jumped in and I've been going along ever since with them. Um, so I work as special events manager and um, I help or I manage the event here in Little Rock. And then I also manage golf tournaments and poker tournaments when they can happen and things like that on the East Coast. So very um, cool. Yeah. Um, so it's a lot of fun. Yeah, the Dance with the Stars, uh, yeah. and I'm interested in that. So do you guys, and I think I've seen some of the, the local celebrities. Yeah. Do you guys have seek out anybody specific? Do you have a list, um, that, you know, so year we, year? Yeah, so we have an advisory board here in Arkansas that's a volunteer okay. advisory board, which is made up of people who have um, actually, a lot. several of them have been um, involved in the event in the past, and so we yep. usually look for, um, you know, well-known Litterock or well-known people in the Litterock community mm-hmm. to be involved. Mm-hmm. And so we, we yes. base our, our ask um, for people who get involved in the event or our stars is what they're called um, on our previous stars that have been involved on their recommendations on our alumni board recommendations and things like that. So that's how we get who we we have a, a list that we keep up with. And then we we do outreach and, you know, um, tell tell people about, you know, Children's Tumor Foundation and neurofibromatosis or NF as it is called. Um, and then that's kind of how we build and and secure stars for each year. OK, so, OK. Yeah. Yeah. So. So I can tell you a little bit about the way the event's set up yeah. and what we do. Mm-hmm. So the event happens every year, the Thursday after Labor Day. Um, typically it happens in uh, the Robinson Ballroom, but obviously this year we've had to change it up. Um, and it's going to be virtual this year, which is exciting because we – because um, anyone who purchases a ticket can be able to view the event and see, kind of see how the event happens. It'll just be, you know, all virtual this year. Um, but we're right. super excited about the fact that we're all, we're able to offer that. Um, mm-hmm. But we we usually have three males and three females that are star. Mm-hmm. We there are stars, and what mm-hmm. they do is they raise money, and each dollar they raised they raise is considered a vote that goes towards their final tally at the end of the night. So it's a lot like dancing with the stars Mm -hmm. on Mm -hmm. it's, it's kind of, um, you know, it's kind of built with that same format, but we have the fundraising component where um, each star is encouraged to fundraise. And um, the one who has raised the most money at the end of the night um, is the mirror ball trophy winner. And they, okay. they get an actual mirror ball. I mean, it looks, we have, it, it's pretty cool what we do. Um, and mm-hmm. so, so we're right now, um, we also have star instructors. So we have local uh, dance instructors um, and those involved in the dance community that um, offer their time and talent and their resources uh, for free, and um, 
the stars are paired with them and they do dance lessons. So, okay, yeah. So it's a, it's a, it's a fun event. We, we enjoy it. And this year is definitely going to be, you know, like I said, it's a, it's a new year. It's, it's different with COVID and everything, but we're so excited that we're, you know, that we were at least trying to, you know, we got just because COVID's hit doesn't mean the NF is going away. And we we really you know we knew that we had to keep keep on going and really continue to raise funds for research and raise awareness mm-hmm. and stuff and so um so it's 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 a lot of i'm really looking forward to it so it's, so how much time uh, you start when do you kind of start getting it together is, is it uh you've been working on it is it all year you're kind of working on uh, it's like yeah so, yeah it's it's kind of an all year you know event as far as after you know after the the um event happens in september then we start working in um november and or october and november and december to start um reaching out and meeting with people for the next year that we we want to be you know a star in the at the event okay. And then we usually right. try to have everyone secured no later than um, mid-April or mid to mm-hmm. mid-April, mid-May. Um, right. World NF Awareness Month or day is on May 17th. So in the past, we've tried to have our stars secured um, by then so that we can make the announcement on that day and Okay. kind of kick things off but every year is a different year and so mm-hmm. um you know we don't we don't ever know but um but that's usually what we shoot for and then we start you know fundraising and then they're given they're given 10 free lessons so 10 free okay. 10 free dance lessons and mm-hmm. uh those usually start in july to august and um and then we go from there. So it is a year-round event, and we're really, really for this next year, we're going to start working um, in the fall for for a long time. It's been a very heavy volunteer-led event. Yeah. Um, very ha- a, a lot of our event, our events um, at CTF really are built around our volunteer organizers that we have. Um, staff, we are involved and we're continuing to get more involved to help them out so that they don't feel like they're doing everything on their own. Um, but so, so I say that because we're able to, I'm able to handle things so that the volunteer, um, organizer is able to, you know, continue to reach out and I help with securing the stars and build those relationships and um and so yeah so it's kind of a year-round event or year-round planning so we've already we've already got next year's date secured and all that kind of stuff is already in in place so um yeah but it's it's a lot of fun and it's a lot of work and um but we are we're really excited to see it all come together it's really starting to kind of form and um really kind of seeing you know how things are gonna happen and um it's it's really an exciting time especially right now so oh yeah most definitely and i have to ask do you watch dancing with the stars 
I do sometimes, <laughs> but I'm not really yeah. like I love I love like movies where there's dance mm-hmm. involved and stuff. But mm-hmm. I just I don't know that that show. Yeah. I'm just not a big. I I watch more stuff on Netflix than I watch anywhere else. So. <laughs> you, you, you have like a guilty pleasure show you watch. Uh, um, uh, so I'm pretty pathetic, and I like <laughs> um I don't have like a guilty pleasure, but I always mm-hmm. end up when things are like crazy or busy and I just need something that I kind of, you know, I'm used to or whatever. Um, I go back to the office or friends or Gilmore girls or just stupid stuff like that. So I, um, but, uh, yeah, so I don't have a, I don't have a big guilty pleasure and I end up sticking to what I know. It's just, I don't know. That's just the way I am. But, I watch plenty of Netflix, so I I pay for I I get what I pay for my prescription or subscription for sure. So, <laughs> oh, that's that's hilarious. <laughs> um, so did, did you did you introduce Trey and Vicky? I did not. Or you did not? Okay, I, I must have got that story wrong or something. I thought, yeah, I was thinking, I oh, you meant Vicky through your the, through the program, you know. No, I I did not introduce them, but Vicky mm-hmm, was mm-hmm. a Vicky was a student. Um, obviously, um, okay. she came over as an exchange student, and mm-hmm. she actually came over the year that I transitioned into that position. Gotcha. So I she was I brought her in as an exchange student, but she and I were. I mean, really the first year I wasn't, I I wasn't getting to know a lot of the international students. I was just trying to make sure that I was keeping everybody in a Mm -hmm. legal to study in the U.S. Um, (laughs) But Vicki and Trey met on campus. I think Vicki met, they met through friends. Um, But but when I worked in the international office and Vicki was working on her bachelor's finishing up her bachelor's and her master's. Um, yeah. She worked in the international office with me. So, oh, okay. yeah. Okay. So she actually worked with us as um, in that office. And then, but it wasn't maybe a year in her working in the office that we were friends. And then, you know, it's just, awesome. that was one yeah. of the best things, you know, that friendship has means the world to me. Like your, you know, you and Jen's friendship means the world to me. But um, right. yeah. So so uh, so I have known Vicky for a long time. Well, it seems like mm-hmm. a long time now. But um, mm-hmm. yeah. So uh, but I wasn't involved in the meeting Trey uh, part of it. But I was. Mm-hmm. I I well, I wasn't involved, but I was because she was here studying. So I was. <laughs> I was keeping her here studying. So, yeah. So, I'm so glad that she, um, you know, it's like one of the best parts of that job working with international mm-hmm. students, working with students in general is mm-hmm. um, seeing them succeed and seeing them go on and do great things. Yeah. And um, mm-hmm. I, I still see that because I'm a lot of friends with a lot of the students that I had in the past um, on Facebook and yeah. It just, it's so neat to me to see where they've gone and remember them when they, when they started. And even, um, it, you know, at ULR and at UAMS, because at UAMS, when I was director of admissions, I worked with those students there, you know, international students and then domestic students. 
So just mm-hmm. getting them, getting, getting to see them finish what they started and, and grow and see them go on and, and do great things is it, it's, it's very rewarding. I love it. That's, that's just the best thing to me. So. That yeah. is awesome. Cause and, and you know, you know, we talked about Jamer. I'm proud of him because yeah. I was a pledge marshal when he was pledging. Yeah. And next, you know, now he, him and his wife, they own yeah. two restaurants. He was on Guy Fieri's Diners, Drive-Ins, and Dives. And I'm yeah. just like, wow, it's I so know. awesome. It really is. That. Like, it's great. It really is great. And there's, you know, and I'm, I've been fortunate enough to see people, you know, international students who have gone, even gone back to their home countries and they're doing great mm-hmm. things there. And so um, I think working at a university really regardless of if I'm you know working with international students or domestic students but getting to be involved in their to see their journey through college is is such a it's just um it's a really it was a really rewarding experience and I do miss it I do miss it you know but um but I've been real fortunate that I've gotten to see some of the international students or a, a few in particular that have gone on to work um, in international education and work with immigration and stuff to bring students like, like, you know, like they were um, to study at, at different schools and it's pretty cool. So yeah, yeah it's, it's really great. I love it. So yeah, and, and 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 recently, and it doesn't seem like five years ago, and that's one of those trips. I like, I, if I could take it, like I wish I could have gone to. Uh-huh. But, so you went to Trey and Vicky's wedding. And yes, how was that? That uh, was so much fun because yeah. not only because uh, it was Trey and Vicky's wedding, and it was in France, mm-hmm. and it was in uh, the little city where her her family has a beach house. That I can't right. pronounce, so I'm not even going to try to do it. It starts with the N. I can't pronounce it. Tra- Vicky tried to teach it to me. I just can't do it. So I'm not even going to like it. it. Would it would be horrific if I tried to talk about it? Um, yeah. But we also had international students and researchers from UALR that we all are friends with that came to mm-hmm. that wedding. So we all got um, to see each other. Full circle. Yeah. Yep. After, you know, several years and then after their wedding, um, I was able to go to Brussels back with a couple Mm -hmm. people, a couple of the people who are my really close friends now that live overseas and, uh, Mm -hmm. and got to see some of the other friends that used to be students and researchers that are, you know, that are my friends. And so, yeah, I know. I don't even want to talk about the fact that it's been five years ago because it makes me sad that I haven't been over there since. Um, right. And I was like, oh, we got to go. I know. Oh, and I was please, going please. to try to go <laughs> like this year. And of course, with all this going on, I can't, but it was, it meant the world to me to be able to be, at her wedding, involved in her wedding. Um, I got to sign the book as a witness in the Catholic church there, which was very cool. Um, yeah, yeah, it it meant like that was a huge, like, I can't even, it's going to make me tear up if I think about it, but, um, (laughs) but yeah, it meant a whole, it meant the world to me to be able to be there and, um, and to be involved and, you know, get to do that. So, and, and, and it was crazy. I just remembered so kind of dance with stars. That was like 
wasn't that around the time the terrorists were on the train there? That happened right after. Yeah. After. Okay. Okay. One of the guys that was one of the heroes, he was on Dance with the Stars, Alex, and I can't think of his last name, but I just remember. Like holy, and I was thinking, oh my gosh, we could have like just missed that. Or, yes. So actually, the tra- yeah, the train there, and then the train when they blew up the stations in Brussels. Mm-hmm. Um, I reached out to our friend Kate, which I don't know if you ever met yeah, Kate. I've heard of her. I don't think I've met her, but I've okay. seen pictures. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She's she's great. Um, yeah. But I reached out to her, and it was actually at the trains, like the train station. One of the train stations that got that was severely damaged was the one that she goes through every day. And for some reason that day, mm-hmm. she hadn't gone through it, and so she didn't go through it. Yeah, yeah. but um, yeah, it just you know it blow. Anytime I hear about things like that in London or you know mm-hmm. in Paris or um. Yeah. In Brussels, anywhere I've been able to visit, it it really it it, it gets to me. Um, it really gets to mm-hmm. me because I yeah. I've been to those places, you know, and so to think about what they're you know what's happening there, like when uh when uh, Notre Dame caught on fire in Paris, oh, yes. um, mm-hmm. that killed like oh that was that was so tragic because that place was just beautiful and I I the getting to go in there and um, when I visited Paris, there was a, uh, they had a choir in there that was singing when, when we went in mm-hmm. to visit. Mm-hmm. And so that was just, you know, just, it hurts your heart, but, um, yeah. but yeah, so, um, I tell everybody my, my home is here in, in Arkansas and it will, you know, mm-hmm. most likely always be, but this is my hub and I travel when I can. So I think I've actually been to more places overseas than I have in the U.S., which is really <laughs> ridiculous. But um, who who would have known a little old girl from from the Bryan area would get to travel? But it's been so worth it. So, and, so and we're kind of yeah, and we're, we're kind of winding up here. Do, do want to touch on a yeah. couple of things? Uh, firstly, um, if you want to plug in um, the the neurofibromatosis. Yeah. Okay, if you want to plug that, uh, any like anybody listening, um, yeah. can they go like like yeah. if they want no more information or even um, like get involved? Yeah. Um, so yes. yeah, so they if you um, if anyone wants more information about uh, neurofibroma neurofibromatosis, <laughs> then yeah. they can visit www.ctf.org which is the children's tumor foundation website and, and learn more about it, um, about it there, but they can also visit the dancing with our stars page, um, for this year's event, which is, uh, www.ctf.org forward slash D W O S 2020. Okay. And on that page, we have information about our event, but we also have information about um, neurofibromatosis and what um, CTF is doing as far as research, because there's a lot I didn't even touch on as far as what CTF does. Um, we, we mm-hmm. It's just incredible the things that, that have been happening on the research side um, in this past year. So 
but yeah, they can go to that page um, and see who our stars are this year. See how much money we've raised thus far, our sponsors and our, um, our virtual ticket for the event is a $50. It's $50. Um, and you can buy them on there. And then what we'll do is the day of, or day before the event, we will be sending out the, the link so that you can view the event. Mm -hmm. And we have an online silent auction and all of that kind of thing. So we also have a Facebook page. So it's facebook.com slash, um, I totally just blanked on it. <laughs> dancing Brent with Bar. our, yeah. Dancing with <laughs> our stars, Little Rock. So okay. we're keeping that page updated with, uh, you know, details about the event and leading up to the event, thanking our sponsors and stuff. So, mm-hmm. you know, anyone's welcome to go out there and like, like that page but we would love to have 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 anybody who wants to attend and kind of see how how our event happens that's what we're really excited about like i said earlier this year is that we can have more people attend we typically have around 450 people in the ballroom and so this year it's going to allow us to be able to open it up to everyone so yeah And and I just want to, as we're closing here, just want to, and and I'll probably do it also in my pre-show. Let me tell you, you are probably one of our just best, greatest friends, seriously. Like, and and people, people listening to this, and like I said, I'll probably get on my soapbox as well in the pre-show, but you just almost just the drop of a hat. You're there. Uh, I remember, you know, stuck with me several things I'll mention here shortly. Uh, I remember uh, as we're friends with LaShonda. I remember you telling mm-hmm. her at my mom's birthday, if you need anything, just let me know. I mean, you're one of those just genuine people. Um, I wish everybody was like you. And I've said it before, if everybody was like you, this world would be just a better place. Like, we just value you as just more than a friend. And I, I, norm- I normally call more people like my, my, if they're women, my sister, or me and my brother that are close. Yeah, and I yeah. feel like you're like just a sister yes and you guys are like a sister and brother to me and thank you for saying that but i i was raised that you know if Mm -hmm. you help people if you can and Mm -hmm. um and you guys have always been so great to me and so Mm -hmm. i i am so and especially this year um oh man i'm gonna get like teary out here but um (laughs) especially this year with everything that's happened um yeah and Mm -hmm. And us not getting to see each other as much um, mm-hmm. or, mm-hmm. you know, at all mm-hmm. doing the kind of the things that our, you know, our little group has done to be able to do Zoom yeah. calls and stuff. You guys have mm-hmm. no idea um, how much that has meant to me because, you know, I, I'm here at home and um, I have Harriet the cat to talk to and that's about it. <laughs> so um yeah but no um thank you for saying that but i that's how i am i'm that's how i am with my friends if you're my friend i if i can help i will and um and i know i know that you guys would do the same for me if uh, if i needed it so that's what we do so thank you oh yeah and i was just thinking you know uh ladies and gentlemen you know you know, Allie came to our wedding and, and, you know, and it was sad. I threw a shout out to him on the old podcast. <laughs> um, you know, I'm, I'm trying to, uh, Travis and Jen lost their son. Oh, yes. And, yes. I, you know, and they were, and, you know, Trey and Vicky, were, they were going to come down with Matt and Aaron. I 
whatever you say, you call it. And we talk about it all the time randomly. Jeff would say, yeah. Uh, Alice said, oh, I'm still coming. Don't worry. And, yeah. you know, you drove, you were one of the ones, the <laughs> yeah. few that drove by themselves yep. eight hours to New Orleans. So, and it was, I mean, it was I'm fun. So, I'll just speak to <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> no, it was, yeah. I was so excited to be able to come and be yeah. there. Um, and I told mm-hmm. you guys that, you know, mm-hmm. I, I would be there and I would, I, I, that, and that was the best weekend, even though we had no idea that we were surrounded by COVID down there. Um, that was the best weekend that I, you know, we had a, that was a great weekend. So that was the last hoorah. Like had, we didn't even know. Had, I know, right? we know that was our last time being together. Yeah, yeah. We get back and my dad's like, that's a hot spot. <laughs> I was like, I don't care, you know, because at the yeah, time yeah. nobody knew, you know, how everything was going to turn out. So, but yeah, no, of course, that's that's my thing. You guys, you know, if I can be there, I, I get there. So, um, yeah, and I was not going to miss that wedding for sure. So, okay. yeah. and, I'll, and I'll, just end it, I'll just end it with this. And it's cool when actually whatever your base, like, uh, you know, whatever you're, you're going into or you specialize in or whatever yeah. it is. Well, with my podcast is about community and something yeah. you hit on earlier, you know, getting out into my community, learning yes. about people. And that's kind of what I've started with this is to learn people with different backgrounds. I hope to have, yeah. for example, Vicky on, you know, because I had yeah. uh, Wendy on. She's from Germany. She was Brittany's roommate. She came okay. from Germany. She now lives in Mississippi. She's married to a guy that's in the Air Force. But okay. it's just amazing for you, you know, you know, doing that. That yeah. goes a long way. That goes a long way. Well, and yes. that's that's just something I can, I can tell you that um, – that that I come from a family that is pretty close. We're closed in together, and I'm the one mm-hmm. that has really branched out. And I love my family, um, and they but they think I'm crazy sometimes, um, and that's okay, you know. Um, <laughs> but but it it yes, I really feel like what you're what you're doing and what I do are a lot mm-hmm. alike as far as connecting with others and really learning and figuring out, mm-hmm. you know, what you can do and bringing, bringing subjects to light that most mm-hmm. people might not ever know or think about. So That's keep doing important. the good work. I love your po- podcast. Too, so. Thank you. Thank you for subscribing. Right. And uh, this will be on tomorrow. After okay. I get through editing. And, uh, so uh, yeah, yeah, this is a good one. Thank you. For yeah. Being on. Yeah. You're welcome. All, All right. right. Take care. Okay, bye-bye.